No Doubter Nation, welcome back to another episode here. Joined as always, it's me, Travis T-Bone Lawfully, my co-host on the other side of the screen, Barrett Boom Bostic, but we also have two very special guests with us this evening, Stephen Rodriguez and Tristan McGonigal from the Talk and Tech podcast, part of the Guns Up Nation family of podcasts. Fellas, how are y'all doing? Oh, doing well, man. We really appreciate y'all having us on for this episode. Yeah, this is the first time we're on a baseball podcast, man. Like we're just yeah. saying pre-pod that, uh, you know, this sport doesn't get enough love in the college realm. So I'm excited to talk about it with y'all. Oh, uh, yeah. Baseball is a sport, too, guys. It's the national <laughs> pastime. Yeah, it's, it's America's <laughs> game. There you go, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, friends, if uh, if you can't tell already, we uh, once again, we are on the subject of Texas Tech college sports and specifically Texas Tech baseball. We brought these fellows on here to preview the upcoming season for our Texas Tech Red Raiders here, uh, an emerging powerhouse within the world of college baseball that just, you know, continues to keep blessing us every single spring with the, with just great fun out there on the mound, uh, out at Dan Law Field at Rip Griffin Park. And well, yeah, we've got another season coming up in just about a week and a half now from this point that we are recording this episode. Our boys will be Alan Arlington for the State Farm Classic out there, Globe Life Field, taking on a few great teams out there. We'll jump into all of that here in a second. But, you know, we're inviting our guests here uh, in just a second into a very special segment, something that we do for nearly every single episode. And that's a little something we like to call Porn Score. Boom. Tell everybody all about it. Because guys, you know, you know, we're we're all raising college grads. We've had our fair share of brewskis back in the day, and you know, we watch a lot of sports. The best way to do it is, as always, responsibly enjoying adult beverages. Should you be of age, well, because when you're watching a game at home or you're there, you always have to have a beer at hand, whatever your poison is. Because whenever you pour, you score. And I'm gonna turn this over to our esteemed guests, starting off with Mr. Steven Rodriguez. What are you drinking this evening? So I should preface this. We don't discriminate when it comes to beers, when it comes to alcohols. We're not, we're 25 years old, both me and Tristan. Or Tristan, I guess, is 26 at this point. But, you know, we're not at the phase right now to where we won't (laughs) deny a certain beer. You know, we're still drinking (laughs) drones. We're still, you know, if, you know, for whatever occasion it may be. Cold and free. Yes, cold (laughs) and free. But uh, no, I'm going to start off. I got, uh, I'm over here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So I did a, a, you know, local beer from a beta brewery out here out of Covington, Louisiana. This is a, uh, it's kind of a, uh, just a recent flavor that they've just done. It's a, it's a PB and jams is what it's called. Uh, it, was, it just caught my eye because of course it's got the sandwich up on the label and everything like that. Uh, very high alcohol content looking at wow. about a percent. Uh, but it's actually it's actually really good, guys. I mean, I, you know, when I, I'm always sketched out when I see anything like peanut butter or chocolate stout or anything like that. This is this is pretty good. I mean, the smell it kind of comes off as as strawberry, strawberry jam. But then when you drink it, you really taste the peanuts, and it's 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 phenomenal, honestly. Dude, and what what rating out of ten would you give it? So. For me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go eight point five actually. Right Holy here. cow! I, would, yeah, I definitely drink this again multiple multiple times. So so I take it by Tristan's reaction is that is maybe you you're you're a bit tougher in terms of your grading for beers. Is it really it's really gotta impress you and really check all the boxes that you're looking for in a brew 
to give it a higher grade. Yeah, I mean, me and me and Tristan always go back and forth on beers. I, I like IPAs. He hates IPAs. He always gives me crap for it. Uh, <laughs> so when it comes to rating beers, I, I'm usually, you know, I'm, I'm accurate is what I'll say. Yeah, I, 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 I just give him a hard time because, you know, I'm such a hardcore lager and ale Pilsner guy. You know, I'm, I'm a basic American in that sense. So I, I'm just surprised seeing my, my former roommate who put back the many cheap lagers make this transition and give it such a rating. Oh, wow. There, there's no hate for the cheap loggers. We love them. We love all beer. <laughs> oh man, you're a beer snob now, Stephen. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> oh man, and so uh, T money, Tristan. What do you? What do you got? You know, here I am on the the No Doubters podcast, playing into the most Homer episode they could possibly do with their alma maters. I had to pay tribute to such a thing. I had to pay tribute to the great Lubbock, Texas, the great West Texas. Um, and our Red Raiders. I made a Chilton, boys. I made a Chilton. And for the listeners who are unfamiliar with this regional drink, it is a simple cocktail. It is three ingredients. It is lemon, club soda, and vodka with a salted rim. Very refreshing, especially in the hot months. And it's my favorite cocktail to get whenever I'm in Lubbock. Very easy, very cheap, very good. Dude, Chilton. Uh, this is the first I've heard of such concoction. Wow. Uh, yeah. You're, gonna, you're getting schooled right now. Next time you go back to your former school, you're going to have to order one at Chim's or, or the Crickets okay. or anything on Broadway. There you go. All right. A Chilton. Is this your go-to, Tristan? Absolutely. I mean, it's such an easy drink to make. If I'm not having an old-fashioned, I'll make a Chilton. If it's hot outside, I'm having a Chilton. You can't have whiskey in the, in the heat. So this is even though we're still the winner, I had to make a Chilton for the, for the Texas Tech pod here. Oh, yeah. You're chilling with the Chilton. There, there, there we go. go. Nailed it. <laughs> they nailed it, baby. This is so. I think it's the first ever cocktail that's been featured on our podcast. Oh, let's so. go! Let's, let's go. go! I got baby. the inaugural. I've, I've broken the There's, seal. Yeah, you know, for us, it, for for us, it, it's just too much effort. <laughs> we're, we're lazy. I, I respect <laughs> that. That's all right. That's all I right. I respect the crack of the can. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Hey, man. Step one, crack in. <laughs> Step two, pour it in. Bingo. Step three, shotgun. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> the simple life. <laughs> yes, the simple life. Oh, man. So we got a, you know, a Louisiana beer. We got a Chilton rep in the West Texas. We had to um, now turn it over to you, T-Bone Lawfully. What do you got? Well, fellas, I am drinking a craft brew that caught my eye at the store the other day that is from SEC country. So this is the Jai Alai India Pale Ale from Cigar City Brewing Company in Tampa, Florida. And I'm going to read the description here. The Merry Game of Jai Alai provides inspiration for the Citrus Ford India Pale Ale with notes of clementine, orange peel, and caramel malts, creating an IPA that's both bold and approachable. So yeah, we got 65 IBU, 7.5% alcohol content in this bad boy. I think this is the first ever Florida beer we've ever I had. I believe so. Yeah. So yes. I, I picked up a few different brews at the uh, the store the other day. And I was like, you know, we're got to do this one here to give the, the uh, state of Florida a shout out. I've got got family down there, spent many a time there in my life. So given uh, given our friends out in SEC country, a little bit of a uh, little bit of love here with tonight's brew, pouring it in my standard mason mason jar per usual. There you go. Oh, yeah. There you yeah. go, baby. Nice. Gold. That looks pretty. There to it. I oh, love yeah, that color, great. man. Mm. Yeah, that's had 
It's really a really good, solid IPA feeling to it. Ooh, that's that's a good one. That yeah. this one is very. This is very comparable comparable to me to like the Deep Elm IPA, just in terms okay, of the, okay. the feeling that I get from it. It really, really like that. I'm really enjoying this one. So yeah, if it's coming out of the Tampa Bay, of is, it, is it worth drinking on the beach? Is that kind of IPA, that kind of refreshing? Or is that still too going too hard for the sands of Tampa? <laughs> you know, this is this has got the feel of, you know, this is great right now during the winter. But like, you know, come the summer when you're like out on the beach and like you've got all the heat and humidity of Florida out there. Like I could I feel like this is a very refreshing one, too. Like it's got the intensity of an IPA. But it's got the, it goes down more like a Pilsner, honestly, mm -hmm. or an ale. Mm -hmm. It's kind of got that that feeling to it. I wouldn't say that it's like a gateway beer in terms of the hoppier side of things, but it's just, it is very much brewed kind of, I feel like something I would expect to come out of Florida for something that is appropriate for such activities of like being out on the beach and you want something, it's like you can relax there as opposed to drinking that and feeling like you've been hit upside the head <laughs> there, which is what some IPAs can certainly do when you, uh, mm -hmm. when you take a swig of them. So man, I would give this a good solid nine out of 10. In my wow. Nice. Wow. Yeah, yeah. This earns the A grade for sure. All right. Dude, nice. Yeah. It's 65 IBUs is a decent amount of bitterness and seven point whatever. I mean, so yeah, it's definitely not a gateway. It's, it's got some character to it, mm -hmm. but there you go. All right, boys. Uh, bring it on home. I got my Texas Tech pint glass. Love it. Love it. You know, this whole episode, we try to be unbiased in our coverage of Major League Baseball and college baseball, but this time we're just taking the mask off. Oh, yeah. There's no, <laughs> yeah. you got, you got us on here. That automatically means that you're going to go a little more biased. Uh, yeah. We're, we're getting it all out. All out of our system now. <laughs> so, uh, exactly. I got a rep where I come from, H-Town, maybe. Uh, and I got a Houston brew that my dad gave me last time he was visiting me. This is from True Anomaly Brewing Company in Houston, Texas. It is the, it's a 16-ouncer, so I'm going to be having fun. Rocket Park Dry Hop Pale Ale. So it's Citra Hops. I'm going to read a brief description from their website. It says, the staple in our park pale series highlighting the very best in hops it's a hundred percent citra hops an american hop aptly named for its aromas and flavors of grapefruit lime and peach look for hints of floral throughout as well very very interesting description there so steven real quick uh do you know what it means for a beer to be dry hopped I, I don't. I'm not I'm not that advanced yet. <laughs> oh man. Well, I thought you were the beer stop. Yeah, we got a phone here. Like I said, I'm 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 early on this. I I, I dip my toes in all the waters. Oh man. You know, I mean, you're only 25. You 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 got time. All right. So, dry hopped. Very very short description. Throughout the beer making process, um, they infuse hops into IPAs and uh, you know other beers as well, like pale ales and stuff. When it's dry hopped, it means they put all the hops in at the end of the process. Oh. They can conversely infuse the hops throughout the process, put them at the beginning, 
do it throughout. There's beers called Wet Hopped IPA, and I've had a few Wet Hops. Wet Hop IPAs where they just keep infusing it all the way throughout the process incrementally, but Dry Hop, they put it all in at the end. And what happens is when you put it all in at the end, they're at the surface and they're very pungent. They're not masked by the flavor at all. They're just, it just smacks you in the face. It's just, so, yeah, yeah. It's just hops. like a, a big old slap in the face of hops. Gotta love it. Oh, yeah. So right here, this is 5.7 alcohol by volume. So a little more characteristic of a beer, but a nice pale color to it. Very translucent. I like it. Yeah. yeah this might be something you might like, Tristan. I, I, granted, I haven't tried it yet, but... I'll keep might trying be to get all these gateway like a... uh, beers, as Travis said to me here. <laughs> It's like we're in the back alley. Y'all are handing me a weird shaped wrapper. Be like, come on, don't you want to try? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they warned me about y'all in right. elementary school. <laughs> hey, man, you know, we've changed, we swear. <laughs> so, all right, I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot. Mm. Mm. Very refreshing. Very, very refreshing. As it describes, you do get the grapefruit, and but you that small hints of peach that really add a good case to it. I would say this is definitely a gateway. If you like a Bud Light or a Budweiser, you can definitely get on board with this because it's love you look, it's in that in. normal alcohol. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, you, know, you know, trading in the 30 pack and going for the good stuff. So, <laughs> Let's not get crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, There's hey. a time and a place for both. Mm -hmm. that's good um you know i you know i really do enjoy pale ales that one's got some really cool flavor profile to it and because it does i'm struggling between an 8.5 or a 9 i'm gonna do 8.5 and the only reason why is because i am a hophead but that's a pretty high grade for me from a pale ale that's all i'm saying so there we go, guys. And as we like to cap off the segments, we like to encourage our audience to please drink responsibly. Guys, cheers, cheers baby. Cheers. cheers. All right. Mm. A lot of high Ready scores to roll, tonight, baby. on all three of those. Only the best. Baby. Oh, yeah. Well, dudes, well, before we jump into uh, into it more here, we uh, you know this has been an episode that has been in the making for a while here. And... Uh, I feel like, you know, we, we have seen you guys from a distance here on Twitter, uh, it just kind of y'all's commentary on other things like football and basketball at this point within the Texas tech world. But we just want to ultimately get to know y'all more here as we're starting out this episode here. So tell us uh, about yourselves, y'all's background, when y'all were at tech, how'd y'all meet, how this whole podcasting thing gets started. Just unpack it all for us. Yeah. So I, I I'll start here. Uh, me and Tristan known each other a long time since uh, fifth grade, I believe. It was a, uh, it was, it was a tough scene meeting this kid, fifth grade, chubby coming on, uh, playing on the soccer field with me. But uh, all right, you know, we, <laughs> <laughs> we we became pretty good friends, and uh, you know, all through middle school, high school, and everything like that. And then eventually, uh, Tristan decided to go to Texas Tech, uh, and then okay. I I followed uh, behind him, and you know, went and looked at the university. Thought it was a great deal, uh, and we were roommates all four years at Tech, and uh, you know we just we just fell in love with everything Tech sports, and uh, you know kind of we started our podcast probably like kind of right in the middle of the pandemic, August of 2020, 
And so, um, you know, we just, we just wanted something to do, honestly, we wanted, we, we both love Texas tech and we just wanted to talk about it, you know, every week we don't, we don't live in the same city. So it's, it's fun getting on every week and, and talking with your buddy about, you know, the most recent tech sports and, uh, got picked up by guns up nation and it's been a, it's been a ride, man. Yeah, it's it's, awesome. been, it's been a ton of fun. Um, and he, he, honestly, between the two of us, Steven is the the, the bright sports mind. You know, I, I just got I only got into sports whenever I went to Texas Tech. I just fell in the fell in love with the atmosphere, fell in love with the uh, the pageantry of all of it. And I, I never claimed to be an expert on any of it. I just claimed to be a passionate fan and just try to learn as much as I can and just enjoy what I can. And uh, it's it's been a ton of fun just uh, connecting with our fellow Red Raiders and just going from there. So what you're saying is Stephen is uh, is the uh, Stephen A. Smith to your Bayless <laughs> is what if if I'm being compared to Stephen A. Smith, I may as well just quit now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean uh, we we both uh, Tristan knows Tristan knows a ton. He's being he's being shy with it, but uh, you know we uh, we just had a ton of fun and we've learned so much after starting this podcast. Just kind of diving into the to the stats, you know, really getting into the games and uh, obviously meeting everybody through Twitter, like what we're doing right now or uh, other podcasts. And uh, it's just been, it's been really fun uh, at this phase of our lives, meeting other Red Raiders. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. And so what, when were y'all at Tech? 2014 to 2018. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, Barry uh, and I, we were, yeah. 20, we were 2011 to 2015. Yeah, yeah. So we uh we right as y'all were starting, we were finishing up. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, awesome. There you go. Overlap. I mean, I'm jealous of y'all because I feel like y'all with Texas Tech Sports got to start. There was that just basically that lull period of like mm-hmm. tech sports from 2011 mm-hmm. to 2015. Like there was the, the excitement of Cliff coming in uh, on the football side of things, uh there right in the middle of our time. But like baseball was still very much still kind of rebuilding at that point. Basketball, we experienced the the disaster that was Billy Gillespie and like oh. heading into to the beginning of Tubby Smith's rebuild. So we we've seen those those things for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm I've like y'all were just kind of in that sweet spot when y'all started, just like really being able to start to see some really fun Texas Tech sports at that. Point yeah, we we kind of take it we kind of take it for what it was. I mean, we we obviously didn't see a lot of football success during our time there. But we also got to watch Patrick Mullins play football, which was really cool. Uh, and and we were also there for like the you know the real rejuvenation of Tech basketball and seeing Tubby Smith to to the snake that I won't mention his name. Uh, you know was was really cool to watch. And then obviously Tech baseball was fantastic while we were there. So uh, yeah, we we were there during a pretty good time overall. Uh-huh, yeah, when you know when you got baseball and basketball, I think. You know, it would be great if football was good, but really, these are some of the golden years of Texas Tech athletics. We caught the first end of the Tadlock dominance, mm-hmm. and then y'all came in. You got to see it. It's just a dynasty at this point. Just Mr. Consistency, lifetime contract. Oh, and yeah. then basketball. You know, I went to a handful of basketball games, and I even saw us play UT twice during my tenure. But I will tell you what. It was not not even nearly as packed as it was when they played UT and it broke a stadium attendance blackout. That was the most insane mm-hmm. thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, no <laughs> doubt. I mean, I was there. The real turning point for me was, I think it was our senior year. So 2018 Kansas came into town and that's, that was the most insane I've ever seen the USA. The, the atmosphere, uh, Tristan actually missed that game because I think he had a lacrosse thing, but, 
I was there mm. with some other friends and it was the most unbelievable atmosphere I've seen. I mean, the swag surf was going full go and I mean, it was, it was nuts. Oh yeah, dude. Jeez, brag about it, bro. Flex on me there. <laughs> <laughs> and so what, uh, like what, what were y'all's degrees and like what colleges were y'all part of there at tech? Uh, I was in the uh, Rawls Cub College of Business. I I went very basic. I went business management uh, for the four years there. Uh, so I I don't get to talk about anything very cool. I, I'm just a Rawls guy, just a, a basic business dude. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was MCOM. I was a I was a journalism major actually. Not not using that degree uh, the least bit these days, but uh, but you know it was it was fun. It taught me a lot of cool stuff, and actually you know kind of got me into knowing podcasts a little easier and kind of knowing the, uh, you know, the ebbs and flows of editing and that kind of stuff. So I do appreciate that, that part of getting that degree, but, uh, you know, maybe not using a lot of it these days. <laughs> yeah. Right. On. I was, I was also in com. So fellow great on that side, I did PR and in the more of the right digital on. marketing side of things now, but yeah, like the, definitely the background with media, uh, and everything and just knowing how you know, like do research and things like that, like certainly it comes very much in the, in the play here when you're doing podcasting. So I, uh, yeah, can relate to you for sure in that aspect. And so y'all started the podcast on, uh, on y'all's own, like y'all are independent at that time when it started in the middle of the pandemic. And then you got picked up by guns up nation. So how did that opportunity come about? Yeah. So, I mean, it was, you know, we were just doing this out, just to have a good time, just to have a good time with it. Maybe some friends listen, maybe we pick up a following. We weren't expecting much. We were just having a good time. And so uh, when we did start it, we made our first few episodes and eventually uh, Guns Up Nation reached out to us and said, hey, we want to start this podcast network. And we've, you know, we've listened to your pod a few times here or there, and uh, we think he'd be a good addition. And we were just like, heck yeah, you know, uh, we'd, we'd love to join. And uh, we're, we're joined by a couple other good podcasts here in Ramblin' Raiders and, uh, the Guns Up flagship podcast. Uh, we used to have tortillas and takes, but they've since uh, moved over to the Ten Twelve Network. But uh, you know, okay. Ed, just a, just a good group of pods, good group of people. We've actually you know hung out with the Ramblin' Raiders and uh, those guys. You know, they're they're a hoot. I mean, they like to party. So uh, you know, just just knowing them and and everybody at Guns Up Nation has been really good to us uh, with retweeting our stuff and always putting out good tech content. I mean, what's just so great about being a part of a community like that is, you know, we're all just making content together. We're all just sharing in it. It's not it's not like it's a competition. It's just we're all having fun, bouncing opinions off of each other. It's kind of like being a part of like a radio station. You know, it's like we all we all have our slots, but we all interact with each other and have fun with it kind of thing. That's awesome. Yeah, man. So we're uh, really cool to hear about that that journey to this point now. Um, I guess we'll jump right into it then with the. Uh, now moving on to talk about the main event that is Texas Tech baseball, just a week and a half away from this point now, uh, February 8th, that we're recording this episode here. February 18th, uh, the Red Raiders will take the field versus the University of Michigan Wolverines to kick mm -hmm. off that State Farm Classic weekend out in Arlington. Uh, boom, give us the rundown just of what to expect, kind of the background of this team coming into this year. Uh, what we should is basically expect by like position group here with uh, with our Red Raiders this season. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be the day before the Texas Tech first for first baseball game. So by the time our listeners are listening to it, it is, it is very, very close on to it. Uh, but we have enough info to go off of. But uh, before I really dive into it, I just really want to uh, real quick give you all some high praise because I find it very uh, telling that you all have been friends, Stephen and Tristan, for a long time. Because when it comes to a podcast, you know, you got to jump into it and dive into it. You can't wait until you're quote unquote ready until you do mm. it. You just got to go for it. But there's one X factor that separates the good po- podcast from the bad podcast. And that is chemistry. And you two clearly have it. I listen to your podcast. I've been listening to it for several months now. And you're because you have good chemistry, your conversations flow seamlessly. It's as if it sounds unscripted. I don't know how much pre-planning y'all do, but it sounds like y'all just sit down and you just start talking and it's, mm-hmm. everything's just flowing. It's got, it's very structured. It's entertaining. You got your songs of the week. All, you know, all that to say is that y'all are good. Y'all are experiencing a lot of growth as of recent and it is well-deserved because y'all are, y'all are legit. So hey, I, I really appreciate that, man. You know, the our we've found that our best episodes come from when we don't prepare, honestly. Like, you yeah. know, me and me and Tristan just kind of, you know, we'll write down what we need to and we'll hit each point that we need to. But honestly, it's just a conversation between two dudes that have known each other for a while that love tech sports. And uh, you know, I've listened to y'all's podcast too for a while. And uh the another thing that you need in a podcast is passion. And you can tell that you two dudes really bring it when it comes to just loving the sport of baseball. And that's not something you get a ton. Like you'll get, you know, me and Tristan can talk about baseball and we could talk about whatever tennis or whatever, but you know, that passion isn't quite as much there as it is for a big football game or when Chris Beard comes back to Lubbock, like, that just it just flows through you, you know. Oh yeah, the passion is is certainly there, and you know, Tristan. I mean, I think you're being too hard on yourself. I mean, y'all's analysis it is in depth. It's not surface level at all, but it's very approachable. It's not, you know, just oh, I'm very very simplistic. I mean, y'all y'all use adjectives and descriptors that are very educated and uh, informative. So, they, well, I, I like like Oh, uh, thank you so much, man. It's it's definitely humbling coming from two really bright minds like y'all. I mean, like like Steve was trying to say uh, or, or was saying, you know, he's 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 bad with words. So, but uh, yeah. just just playing occasionally <laughs> from uh, time to just, time. Like it's just it's it's so like I was saying earlier, it's just so great to come on a podcast for two dudes that are just so passionate about what they talk about and just y'all know what you're talking about with baseball. And it's just it's it's a beautiful sport, and there needs to be more people talking about it, especially with the beautiful sport in Lubbock, Texas. So, uh, thank you so much. I really do appreciate the uh, the the praise. There you go, baby. Uh, you know, but we, we're all tech grads. You know, we were there at one point. We might have even <laughs> seen each other at one point. But hey, our paths are crossing now. Better late than never. And we're all talking about. We're all on the same page this time. So, Texas Tech baseball. You know, Tadlock's got the lifetime contract. Well deserved. Well deserved. Um, and I think it's a first of its kind. <laughs> it, it's very rare to give a lifetime contract. I don't know what the fine print I'm is. I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to say that I think like Tadlock is going to be to us like Mike Martin was to Florida State. Just yeah. like they're yeah. literally his like entire career. He's going like, to, they just, yeah, re- retire off into the sunset uh, <laughs> after spending what, his entire life at Lubbock. Well, we couldn't, we couldn't have picked a better guy. I mean, you talk about West Texas, you think of Tim Tadlock. I mean, he's the most West Texas, Texas Tech coach you could imagine. The way he speaks, 
the way he the way just do you remember do you remember that like do you remember that like in game like it was like for a broadcast of game it was like an in-game interview mm-hmm. a few years back where it's like the the guys were like trying to ask him some questions he was like huh yeah no <laughs> just like yep. all right so good funny call, dude so just like <laughs> yeah yeah it's the the most classic tip tadlock thing ever i love when he gives oh, the yeah, commentators he... a hard time it's so funny yeah there's, there's sometimes <laughs> he's very much open to, to you know talking about things kind of unpacking with the how the game is going and it's not dependent just like on how tech is doing like he'll be ahead or behind and he'll he's open to talking but there's other times it's just like yeah, he's he's like I'm ready to get back to coaching here, and it's like yeah. it's like lasts for a grand total of twenty seconds. They're like, okay, thanks for your time, Tim. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> I think I think the perfect example of that is when I I made a stupid outro for our podcast that we put at the end, and it's got <laughs> it's got the it's got the Tim Tadlock, Mark Adams, and uh, and now Joey McGuire. You know, it's like some snippet of audio from a press okay. conference, and then we put our two stupid names in there in like a stupid robotic voice. But uh, I mean, the first thing was Tim Tadlock when I was cutting that together, and he goes, "Oh wow!" And it's just like, yeah, that's that's what Tim Tadlock is. Just and Stephen, uh, I always oh in the episode saying that to each other. We always go, "Oh wow!" at the end of every episode to each other. Inside that's joke like the reason. cutoff. Yeah, that means yeah. the episode's over. Oh wow! <laughs> wow, that's going to be an ongoing joke for yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It was it was like it was like from his press conference after we beat Florida that one year in in one of the regional games, and he was just like it, like first thing he said was, "Oh wow, just <laughs> unbelievable." But but I, but oh, seriously boy. though, I mean, it's so great for him to finally be getting uh, the true admi- administration support and booster support. I mean, they just broke ground on the new baseball training facility that they're building for him. It's a long time coming, yeah. and uh, yeah. we're starting to look at uh, renovations for the ballpark as well. I mean, it's already one of the biggest in the Big Twelve, but I mean, it's it's by no far the biggest in the country. But and I for think a fan you know, the, passion, the challenges right? with the challenges with the law is just like how landlocked it is yeah. over there. But I think what ultimately like. I've speculated on this and I think there's probably like some something on the lines of this is going to happen is that they're going to pull the drive of champions out a little bit further North. Uh, they're going to, I, I imagine there's probably the, the track complex is due like that place is ancient and it's due mm-hmm. for being, so they're probably going to be like rebuilding that, like build a new one out over by like the medical center, mm-hmm. kind of like how, uh, soccer has their stuff out there because there's still land to build stuff out in that area um but then yeah basically either like kind of layer another kind of do like what tcu does where they've got like another like second deck on their stadiums like have the space to kind of pull it back and build another deck and then with the demolishing the old track complex wrap some more grandstands around kind of towards the back there uh, mm-hmm. before you hit that little street that goes by the engineering building. that's just kind of my theorization of what they could do to definitely Increase the seating capacity by a few more thousand at least, um, and get some more seats in there. I mean, it's a yeah. You know, some people were saying like, we need a new stadium, we need to build a new one. And I'm just like, <laughs> y'all, the law is beautiful as it. Oh yeah, I mean, it really is. Like, For it's sure. a very there's like it, it's small. It's on the smaller ends of things. I mean, we're not just looking at like, hey, what what is it in the context of, of the Big Twelve? But like, I like they could easily build something like the size of like, you know, what like the SEC type facilities have got, like mm-hmm. what Arkansas, Mississippi State, LSU, some of these places that are just absolutely rabid baseball type schools. They could definitely build something with like like twice the capacity at least of what the current place has. And they get folks there it and fill it up on a regular basis. It's just it's 
what they have with the current infrastructure is fine. I mean, it's very, mm -hmm. very nice. Like the, 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 it's not falling apart, but it's got great, it's got great press suites up there, luxury boxes over the right field. Um, it's just a matter of figuring out, kind of working some things around to be able to expand that capacity, but we don't need a brand new state. I'm just going to say that people can fight me on that, but like, no, <laughs> I believe the infrastructure of the law as is, is just like, we can work with that. I'd rather see that in place. Like that's what I think of when I think of Texas tech baseball. So y'all are here. Travis wants to meet everybody out in the Dan law parking lot. If they want to tear down. the <laughs> If you're touching the, the beautiful bone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I mean, to your point, like I said, I was, I'm was i in Baton Rouge right now. So I've been to my, my fair share of LSU games over here at the box. And it's just, I mean, there's no reason that Texas Tech can't have a field like that. I mean, it, there really isn't. And, you know, the crowd is crazy. It's, it's nuts. And if you just, you know, add a few more thousand in there, Texas Tech fans will show up. They love their baseball. You know, Tim Tadlock has us in a premier position to be successful every single year. So there's no reason that we can't have that, you know. Oh yeah, additional seating for the win, baby. Uh, that just a little, a little bit at a time, mm -hmm. and it can be a premier. State. The thing about the college baseball that's so awesome is even in the box or Dan Law, you're close to the action. There's not a bad seat in the house, baby. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's just the the college baseball experience is just so wholesome and pure, and uh, you know we just love it. So we're gonna go ahead and talk about the stars that are the players. So you know we're gonna talk about so. If a baseball team's like a band, we we're not going to start off with the the front man or the electric guitarist, aka the position players. We'll save them for the last. There's a certain guy whose initials are JJ, which we'll we'll rave about, <laughs> but not for now. For now, we have to talk about the bass player of the bunch, the guy who you know is the foundation and the drummer, so to speak. And by bass player, I mean the bullpen. That's right. A team is only as good as your bullpen is <laughs> as sexy as it is. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, so uh, just some names that are most likely going to be in this role might even, you know, be up into the starters. You got, you know, Brennan Gurton with a 4.74 ERA, which is pretty, pretty darn good. Uh, 266 opposing batting average. Andrew Devine. Uh, 12 ERA, not the greatest. He has certainly a lot of room for improvement. You got names like Hayde Key with a 5.52 ERA, which is pretty decent. Um, uh, out of those three are really any other guys. Uh, uh, do y'all have any notables that you can see really uh, shining in that bullpen role? I mean, other names that kind of that, that will pop out are, are like Ryan Sublet. I know other uh, other Red Raider fans will recognize that. Um, and I'm not sure. I, I don't think you brought up uh, Brandon Birdsell either. Um, just a, mm -hmm. a couple more names that kind of bring in the depth that's desperately needed in that bullpen. I'm sorry I cut you off, yeah. Steve, but what were you going to say there? I think Sublet actually graduated after last oh, season. Oh, so, uh, yeah, my bad. Bummer, so, man. Or I got bad notes. To, blaming Steve. on to the pros now. So, uh <laughs> So yeah, we're looking to replace him at this point now. Yeah. No, I mean that's I mean Sublet was uh, like two, we three, four ERA. Like, Sublet was I'm hoping Divine progresses kind of like as Sublet did through his career at Tech. Mm -hmm. But Sublet, you know, came in, was you know, when he was on, he was on, but when he was off, it was just like, Good lord, this dude's a liability. Um, yeah. but I think Divine, I mean, you you look at like when he's not <laughs> when he's not uh like like walking dudes or like hitting dudes with pitches like mm -hmm. like 
the amount of strikeouts being comparable to Gurren, I mean, that's a very solid thing. And I think at yeah, Divine, like we're just looking at, you know, hey, he is, so what year is Divine going into now? So uh, he is a sophomore. Oh, yes. I mean, it's that freshman, like the D1 baseball podcast guys were talking about, like w- when they were previewing Stanford's team the other day and how like Stanford is jumping up, like from a, like, what was a very freshman heavy team last year to now very soft uh, to a more sophomore heavy team in terms of the younger side of their roster that like the freshman to sophomore jump is a pretty significant jump in the college baseball world. Like coming into college baseball from high school is a, uh, is a pretty big step. Like it's a lot of pressure to go on that. But you know, if you can get through your freshman year uh, and, you know, retain your confidence, kind of see the path forward, then sophomore year can be a big step forward there. So I'm, yeah, look at Andrew Devine to definitely like anchor down, be be an anchor for the bullpen this year along with Gurdon. Yeah, and and I just want to add on to say that you know this is what comes with being the premier baseball program that we are is that mm-hmm. we lose so many guys every single year because we have so much talent. I mean, all we mm-hmm. have so many pitchers leave just because they're so good, and MLB teams yeah. want them on their roster, and you know it's just a challenge that. Tim Tadlock has to deal with every year. And so whether that's, you know, throwing in a few freshmen to try to get their, uh, uh, you know, get their arms ready and prepared for later in the season or anything like that, he's got to find these, these kind of underlooked undervalued players uh, that need to come in and help relieve some of these guys and help them out throughout the year. So that's just a, something, uh, an issue that it's a good, it's a good problem to have because, you know, it it shows the state of your program, but uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, just going to be a couple unknown names that, that are going to come out of nowhere. I think this season. Oh yeah. You know, sublet y'all were talking about him. This guy had the best opposing batting average of everybody on our squad last year and a very impressive 183 uh, and a 234 ERA. I mean, my goodness, it's no wonder he moved on. I mean, that guy was a stud. Uh, we're losing a bunch of starters. We're, we're losing Micah Dallas, Mason Montgomery, uh, Mont Everday. It's just, the pitching is really going to be where we make our break for these guys. Uh, as far as our pitching roster, we have three freshmen, according to the official roster. Uh, we got Owen Washburn coming from Webster, Wisconsin. So he's willing to go somewhere that's unfamiliar, uh, not, you know, getting that in-state tuition. But, and, you know, so so we'll see what comes of him. But, of course, we got a local kid as well, Trendon Parrish from Poolville, Texas. And then finally, we have Kyle Robinson from Vienna, Virginia. Again, another non-Texas kid. What's interesting about our rotation is they are all right so mm-hmm. yeah. uh, i mean right on I mean, right, right, tadlock right. is very much in uh like 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 on par with many of the top programs in the country is they get talent literally from everywhere i mean yeah you've got like the texas schools florida schools california schools of course you're gonna have like a significant number of guys you know they're from like your in-state area but like you're also going to go to other parts of the country and find the best talent too and yeah, you're certainly getting your opportunity here. Yeah, you what you mentioned is the yeah, it's a unique part of college baseball. And you look at uh, D1's top 25 that is out now going into the pre-se- preseason here to start versus like what came out uh, last year at the end of the College World Series. There's definitely a good bit of fluctuation. And I think in addition, we're seeing very much kind of the transition here of 
uh, of, you know, guys using up their COVID eligibility guys, you know, have had kind of like a, an interesting couple of years within their college career and everything, exploring the options, some making the move on, uh, you know, some schools having less guys going into the season that they thought they were going to have after what they had during their fall camps and everything, just the unique challenges of college baseball that presents here. And the D one baseball guys were talking about on their podcast, um, that, yeah, like tech is, this is like in previous years, tech has had like really, really good off seasons and has kind of had more like ease, uh, like more ease and kind of manage of between their different classes and, uh, and going in from year to year. This is just a tougher year for them in terms of how all the cards fell in terms of guys with eligibility and that had really good projections for, uh, for their pro career. And so it means that it's going to be a very young team coming into this year. However, they, they, they very much expressed their, their confidence in, you know, putting tech at the number 14 spot uh, in the country in the preseason here that, Hey, you know, they expect them to be, to be a good team, but you know, it's going to have to work on things to begin, begin the year. But man, like there's few coaches out there better in the country than mm-hmm. Tim Tadlock at evaluating talent at the beginning of the season. And then as the season progresses and like truly making just very, very like, like, like very calculated tweaks sometimes like spur of the moment type of things. Like, <laughs> like pull a dude to have like, like, like having like an incredible outing in like the fourth or fifth inning and like go into the bullpen at that point. So like, it just, like he knows, he knows his guys so incredibly well and mm-hmm. like can, can just see things from a mile away and, and kind of project things as they're coming. So I, there's really nobody better to be the skipper for this program to manage an incredibly young roster as it is than Tim Tadlock for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you nailed it on the head. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is uh, <laughs> what, what you're discussing there is just like this, this, these past five years are really going to be a case study of strange times in college athletics because this isn't just a college baseball program. I mean, this is this is every single program on campus is having this issue with the fifth year seniors, no matter what sport they're playing. And just being able to balance all that, it definitely is going to strain the coach and uh, with recruiting resources and, and scholarship levels. Um, but like you said, I mean, like it, if you're going to have a guy that knows what he's doing with balancing all that out, it's going to be Tim Tadlock. I mean, we just landed another top 10 class third time in the five years. He, he, he definitely knows what he's doing with talent evaluation, like you said, and then you're recruiting that talent. I'm sorry, Stephen, go ahead. No, yeah. I mean, I was just going to, you know, add on to the Tadlock love. It's just he's deserved that right to give the benefit of the doubt. You know, when when you're coming in with an unknown squad and some unknown players and maybe you didn't have the offseason that some thought you would. This is a guy who's going to find a way to win and find a way to put the right guys in the right positions to succeed. And so, uh, you know, just adding on to the great coach that Tim Tadlock is. I think we like that guy. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I heard you he's know. pretty good. <laughs> alliteration, uh, alliteration for the win. You know, he's good. <laughs> He's got it going for him, uh, you know. So as far as our bullpen, uh, you know, it it it, it could definitely be worse. Um, you know, if you 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 get ERAs that are in you know the four and five range uh, for a bullpen, it's not that bad. I mean, ideally you would want them lower, but uh, you know these guys are th- these guys are going to come into their own. They're getting older. They're getting more experienced. I have the full confidence that they're going to be able to step it up. You know, Divine's going into his sophomore year, and just like you know Travis said going from freshman to sophomore is a definite push uh, and a definite opportunity for growth and then you got Brandon Gurton who's also a sophomore these are young bloods and uh, you know not a lot of seniors on this pitching staff of course 
when it comes to the bullpen, if all else fails, they can do what they did, in fact, last year and just throw in Kurt Wilson. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it's a two-way man. He is a he is the Shohei Otani <laughs> of the Texas Tech squad. People, people, I mean, are, saying, people are saying. <laughs> people are saying he had a three three eight ERA. Man, I mean, he only pitched two and two thirds innings, but hey, in those two and thirds innings, it was a three three eight ERA. Very small sample size, but I mean, still counts. Last resorts. It still counts, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's just, you know, a pretty solid. But when it comes to our rotation, these are the drummers of the band. These are the foundations. A band is only as good as their drummer and a pitch and a team is only as good as their pitching. Because the uh, baseball, unlike any other sports, the defense has the ball. The pitcher is the captain of the squad. Not be the flashiest, but it's where we make it or break it. We got Brandon Birdsell and Chase Hampton, who are most likely going to be our 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 you know our Saturday and Sunday starters. Brandon Birdsell last year, 3.06 ERA, very impressive, 36 strikeouts, 216 opponent opposing batting average. And then you got Chase Hampton, 3.86 ERA, 34 strikeouts, 226 ERA. These are pretty rock solid. Um it's especially at the college level, if you can hang a if you can have stats like that, um, I have no issue with that at all. Uh, I've seen scarier numbers for sure. And really, we were talking about this before. The Friday starter, it's going to be a mystery. Can it be one of these two? Can it can it be one of the uh, bullpen guys? Can someone like Gerton step it up and go get into the mix? Um, what are y'all's uh, predictions as to who's going to be our Friday, Saturday, and Sunday starters? What I, what I can say is that Tim Tadlock is going to throw a bunch of different guys out there at the beginning of the year, and it's going to flow from there. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to pick out who that third guy is, and we may not even have that. I mean, I know we struggled last season just coming up with a consistent three starters, you know, for the weekend. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just going to depend, and I think he's going to throw a bunch of different guys out there, and we're going to probably <laughs> find out, we're going to probably find out about midway through the season who, you know, starts to take that edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think personally, Birdsell is going to be our Friday guy, um, especially looking okay. at this opening weekend here. You know, we've got Friday night uh, in the State Farm Classic against Michigan, uh, regional team from last year. We've got Auburn. Uh, they were not in the postseason last year on Saturday. Uh, and then you've got Arizona, that I believe is the number 15 team in the country um, that is going to be uh, – or they're somewhere between 15 and 20. I can't remember exactly, but also like a ranked team going into the beginning of the year there. I think you're going to want, you're going to want Birdsell out there to start, uh, you know, to, to get things kind of let off for this program uh, there. You want to throw them into a Friday, Friday game type of situation. I think you're going to throw Chase Hampton in there and see what he can do to close out. Uh, you put him in a, the simulation of a, ranked team like really kind of high stakes type of situation to close out a series at the end there by throwing him out on Sunday. I think that's what's going to be when we're looking at this opening weekend here coming up in about a week and a half. Uh, and then, yeah, he's probably Talox guy in his, uh, in his mind idea of somebody that he wants to try for Saturday. It's going to be one of these young guys coming in here. Uh, but, you know, he, he has an absolutely excellent eye for for talent for pitching i mean that's, that's one of the great things about what tim tadlock has done with texas tech baseball is like before his arrival 
text like history of modest success, like the years that the, there was some of those select years that they were going to regionals, like tech baseball was really built just on like power hitting out of the park, uh, and like a serviceable pitching, but he has really come in and brought some elite guys over the years to be on the mound. And so I have, you know, even if it is by committee, I think we're going to whether that's at the beginning of the season or even as it progresses, that that is more of the reality of this team this year. I think there's going to be, we're going to see some good guys emerge that are, have really good situational awareness that come in and are able to grind, grind out these close games and be part of these series wins and sweeps, you know, are so critical ultimately to building your RPI, uh, your conference record, being up there uh, in position for, for not only hosting a regional, but also being a national seed come the end of the year. Travis, can I just say how how funny is the parallel between old school or or, or pre Tim Tadlock is compared to uh, what what stereotypical tech football is? All hard hitting, no defense yeah. kind of thing. That's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like right there. Yeah, man. It's, uh, the, uh, the 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 winds are changing. Love it, yeah. guys, for sure. <laughs> hey, defense works. Just ask, ask Mark Adams. Yes, there yes, you go. You know, uh, fear the beard. You know, the beard left, but your defense wins championships. That's all I'm saying. It was, uh, it was always Mark Adams. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Tech's going to the final four. Uh, I'm going on record. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, no, I, yeah, I, may, I may be eating my words, but hey. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's just, you know, Pitching, you know, it's definitely been worse as, I, you know, I repeat it. We're losing a lot. We have a, a young core. Bert Sells, the junior of the bunch. So I think your prediction is very accurate. I think he's going to start off with Bert Sell. Chase Hampton probably going to be in the mix, maybe in Sunday. And then uh, a starter will emerge. Someone's going to step it up to the plate. It might be one of these freshmen who I, uh, we un- I, I uh, at least unfortunately don't have a a lot of stats on but you know you never know they came from virginia they came from wisconsin for a reason uh, it would be pretty cool to see one of these guys just blow us out of uh, out of the water just exceed all expectations and have that one two three so this, yep. this and- is tech baseball every year and just i mean obviously we're looking at a younger team this year but like every single season like there are young guys in the lineup that you know like are like, like freshmen coming off or coming off their red shirt, their transfers in. And it's like, I know nothing about them, but like by like three weeks into the season, they're like a household name for me. And they're, they're very key pieces to us winning games. So I expect nothing less here from this year's team in terms of the, the, all these young guys that we're looking at here on the roster, like who are these dudes? But like they're they're, they're a month from now, we're probably going to know way more about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do want to go on a correction here um, as I'm looking at the roster. But totally incorrect there. Uh, our, our pitchers are not all righties. We do have several lefties here. Man, uh, just eating my words there. Um, we do that's have. A, that's a good thing. Yeah. You want the mix of right and left-handed arms there. That that like you know yeah. are good for like situationals based on what you're coming up on in the order, especially as you're we're looking at uh, potentially using more of the bullpen this year based on the youth of this team is that you want to be able to have those options to go right or left based on where you are, um, in the order, uh, of the opposing team. So yeah, I think that's a, that's a good thing to look at for these red Raiders this year. 
Yeah, it's definitely right-hander heavy, which is probably where I was uh, uh, mistaken there. We do have a senior pitcher in Colin Kark, who we got from Youngstown State. Uh, so a, a transfer from there. Uh, but yeah, and then a ton of le- a ton of other freshmen. So young, that is the overall descriptor of this team. But young is not necessarily a bad thing. And if... <laughs> you know, worst comes to worst, you know, we're not that great this year. They're just, we're just probably going to mature and be better next time around. I mean, you got some freshmen here in, on the lefty, the Southpaws of the world coming White House, Texas, New Jersey, uh, Kerrville, Texas. I mean, I, I know another pretty successful Texas tech athlete from White House, Texas. And, uh, you know, he's probably, he's playing for the Kansas city chiefs right now. So the greatest uh, Texas tech baseball player of all time. yeah he was yeah man fun fact i was i was working on my capstone course spring of 2015 like just a couple months before i was graduating uh and so i was over at mcom late Mm -hmm. uh late in the day uh ran across the street over to the market to go grab dinner and I'm I'm eating and like the entire baseball team comes in is in line at Fazoli's and so like Pat Mahomes was like two tables away uh, from me there. <laughs> no big deal. Just, yeah, I saw like all those dudes. It's like we we had no idea about the greatness that was about to come uh, with no. that guy at that point. But <laughs> just so, a, a cool little cling to fame that like I tell everybody about. Yeah, no, me and Tristan came in the same time Mahomes did. So, you know, we we like to lie to all of our friends and say, oh, yeah, we had all these classes with Patrick Mahomes. We'd see each other. We'd play, yeah, he was in the Rawls. He was at the Rawls a few times. We saw it. But, uh, no, I mean, mm-hmm. it, was, it was just fun having him on campus for sure. Yeah. For our uh, audience yeah. that does not know, Patrick Mahomes did play baseball. Like, he yeah. was very much like a multi-sport athlete growing up and was on Texas Tech's baseball team his freshman year and uh, – only played a year, decided to give his entire focus to football after that point. But I would say it has worked out pretty well for the guy. It's I think so. Fizzled uh, out. <laughs> to the tune of $300 plus million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you have that proving ground the mi- called the minor leagues where they make below poverty wages in baseball, which, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just that that's just the system. That's the way it is. If you're a stud in the football realm, you get on a team, you get redshirted for a year. What was that under Alex Smith? I think that was his yeah. first year. Yeah, and, and then yeah. like week seventeen got thrown in there, and they uh, when they had Smith rest to because uh, they were locked in the playoffs at that point, and he won his first ever start there as a uh, as a true rookie. So and, uh, pretty good yeah. game for. I know, yeah, and you know, just to prove how baseball is the superior sport, that I mean, Patrick Mahomes was a he he was a shortstop. You know, mm-hmm. he's he had that sidearm action, and he frequently uses that on the football field. He routinely throws the sidearm, just a little yeah. bicep, just bah. You know, I would say he was a pitcher too, because I want to believe he was in the bullpen for Tech do it all. in 2015 during that season. I mean. I want him to be the next Bo Jackson. (laughs) Why not? He's a part owner of the Kansas City Royals. Also, the I believe it's the also their soccer team as well. The uh, Sporting KC as well. He's also got an ownership stake there. I mean, the the man is just the man is just extending his uh, his different income uh, income streams wherever he can. Like that man is set for life. He'll be even if he soon over there. Yeah, like even if he only has like what like a ten or twelve year career. Like in the NFL, I mean, dude has got, uh, <laughs> dude has got set for life for sure. 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so just uh, um, pitching is our biggest question. But now we move on to the final portion of the roster, which is the moment everybody's been waiting for. It's the, it is the it is the position that everybody secretly wants to be, even if they are nominally a pitcher. And that's a position player. And, you know, we just got to start from the top. Our, you know, our best and brightest, uh, you know, forever young, hashtag forever young, Jace Young, baby, the younger <laughs> brother of Josh Young, who is currently in the the Rangers farm system and cannot be called up sooner or later. Uh, I know Trav and I really want to see Josh Young get called up to the Texas Tech squad because the Rangers have nothing to lose. Uh, but that's another story. But Jace Young, I mean, just guys, just get a load of these stats. 337 batting average, 462 on base percentage, 697 slugging, which is that number is insanity. Um, and then a 1.159 OPS, 21 bombs, drew 49 walks, too. I mean, well, I he's mean, he's been selected as a preseason all big 12 <laughs> unanimous. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was no question about it for this guy. He is the face of the franchise. Oh yeah, 100%. I mean, I can't, I can't believe it took us fifty-five minutes to to, to mention Jason. Young. Uh, <laughs> this guy's unbelievable. He was unbelievable last year. I mean, the young legacy has just been a, a godsend from for Texas Tech baseball. And uh, I mean, Jace is a pro. What what else can you say? He's a he's a guy that we're going to see uh, playing in the MLB one of these days. And uh, you know, he's he's just elite and electric. Guys, yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking not- about a man that's been named to five preseason All-American watches across five different uh, uh, college baseball uh, networks. So the guy's getting national attention. It's it's he's uh, yeah. baseball's number one second baseman. Uh, he's uh, voted on many Big Twelve preseason Player of the Year. He's PG College Baseball's preseason Player of the Year nationally. So I mean, this isn't just a Lubbock, Texas kind of guy. We're talking about an all of across the nation dude dude and and you know what he is a san antonio kid went to macarthur high school baby let's go sa210 represent represent baby yeah i mean this i have i have full expectations this guy is gonna do good because we talked about you know freshmen's this those stats, all those stats that I just mentioned, that was in his that was in his second year technically. He's in his third year. He's a sophomore. You know, the 2020 allowed them to have an extra year, but that was in his second year. Imagine what he's gonna do. Six foot, two hundred and and five pounds. He's a lefty for crying out loud. Uh, bats left, throws light, throws right. Uh, he is the guy. But you know. In t- true Texas Tech fashion, if our pitching just goes to hell, we can just be a shootout kind of team. <laughs> Hit bombs. <laughs> so. I'm just wondering if there's more young brothers in in the in the batch. Like, is is there is there more yes. coming through? I mean, <laughs> yeah, mom, this is mom it. Be like to get on it here because if we could just have an unlimited supply of young brothers keeping coming in, that would be lovely. I know it, it needs to be like. The Watts Bros from Wisconsin, like TJ Watt and uh, JJ Watt. Yeah. We need a third yep. guy. No doubt. You, I mean, we, we were talking about this on the podcast, and we're like, oh, Texas Tech brothers, the Young brothers are right there, the Culver brothers are right there, and then it's everybody else. I mean, it's it's phenomenal <laughs> what this entire family has done for Texas Tech baseball. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, um, yeah, but of course, you know, you can't just have one position player, just like the Angels can't do it with that with just Mike Trout, and as of recent, Soe Otani. You you got to have some other studs, and when it comes to other position players, we have some pretty good, decent ones. Um, our probably next best guy, just based on last year's stats, is Cole Still. Still well, uh, nine seventy OPS. He hit eight bombs last year. I mean, and I mean, none of these guys are hitting as much bombs as JC on, but they're getting on base. Cole Stillwell, four twenty two on base percentage. Which, um, if you have an on base percentage, which means the amount of times you get on base by either a hit or a walk, and that that that's the ultimate goal of a hitter is to get on base as the new school of baseball goes around if you have an on base percentage above 400 it means you're pretty darn good and so cole still well with a 422 on base percentage and 528 slugging rock solid uh you've got cody masters who's a dh and you know this guy's kind of an oddball 192 era no no batting average you you might look at that and be like mm, i don't know about that but this guy hits for power when he does connect so he hits seven bombs you know this guy's going to be coming into his own uh easton morell uh you got kurt wilson that guy's a character for sure i know mm-hmm. Wasn't it Kurt Wilson who kind of came up uh, clutch in the regional last year? Yeah, I think he got hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's the hot hand, baby. He's the mm-hmm. he he's the Shohei Otani of the bunch. <laughs> he th- you know, uh, three bombs. You know, his numbers don't scream it, but uh, he can come in clutch. You know, other than Jace Young, uh, are you? Uh, uh, do y'all predict any of these other names or names that I have not mentioned that are going to be uh, some stars in our lineup? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few other returners: Parker Kelly, Easton Morrell, Dylan Carter, these type of guys that are going to be you know, key returners for this team and, and, uh, you know, crucial because we're, we had a lot of, we had a lot of guys leave from last year's team. I mean, you talk about Cal Conley, Drew Baker, these, these types of dudes that are hard to replace, um, in terms of just getting on base. And, uh, I, I think we have a, a good amount of returners, obviously Jace Young being the star of, of the show, but, uh, you know, guys are going to step in. Uh, I think Tadlock has recruited his fair share, of uh of guys to replace you know the the stats and and just to continue the legacy of tech baseball so i think we're going to be fine yeah just 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 going off of what steven was saying there and kind of going back to what you said during pitching boom is is you know it's we're going to need our veterans to really step up but it's a lot of youth Mm -hmm. coming in so it's definitely Mm -hmm. it's definitely time for uh, some young stars to step up and make a name for themselves if they can um because it's it's a young team where we look at this roster so it's 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 definitely going to be a time to see some new some new blood out there for sure Oh, yeah. You know, we just got to ride on the young talent, uh, you know, sink or swim for, <laughs> for these guys. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, and we'll get into our predictions in a second. But, you know, the fact is, is Texas Tech, we may, um, I mean, we, we were so close to Omaha last year. I mean, Stanford, uh, those guys, my dad's alma mater had to, you know, crush us oh, in the end there. That's a double stick right there. That's like, hurt. That's like going to hurt even more. I know we gave each other so much crap. Not really. But anyway, I mean, as far as position players, I mean, Drew Breaker, Dylan News, Cal Conley, Braxton Fulford, Nate Rombach, they're all gone. I mean, it's golly it's just so many people going and we talked about it at the beginning but the found the ultimate foundation 
the producer, so to speak, the George Martin of the Beatles of our of our club, so to speak, is Tim Tadlock. He's play, he's orchestrating everything. So, I mean, who knows? At this point, Kurt Wilson, it could be his breakout year for all I know, but mm-hmm. it remains to be seen. I mean, he's he, he is a senior. And just like you were saying, Tristan, he is one of those guys, his fifth year from Arlington, Texas, Kurt Wilson, he's going to be a leader on this squad. And I think everyone's going to look to him as a leader. Same with Cody masters. It's the seniors of the bunch. So, and Parker Kelly, I mean, that guy's in this mm-hmm. figure too. Wichita falls falls. So yeah. Oh man. Uh, uh, any closing thoughts on, uh, on the lineup from y'all trust in Timothy is what <laughs> I would say. You know, I, I know it's, I know we kind of sound like we're just saying that over and over again, but like, like we keep saying, it's just no, he's, he's kind of earned that, that right to not doubt him. So I, I have full faith in this roster, no matter what, what, what kind of uh, uncertainties may be there. Mm-hmm. There you go. I think that's the best way to, to end off the roster, but now let's get into the schedule. Uh, Trav, can you kind of give us, you know, kind of an overview on some notable matchups that we got uh, this spring? Yeah, absolutely. So Tech, uh, as mentioned earlier, they've received a invite here to start out the year, a uh, week and a half from this recording now, to the 2022 State Farm College Baseball Showdown out of Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. Uh, they were part of this uh, this event last year with uh, with uh, with TCU and UT on the Big 12 side, and it was an all SEC lineup. I believe it was. Arkansas, Mississippi State, and then one other team that slips my mind there. Ole uh, this year's a bit, yeah. Ole Miss, awesome. Yeah. So this year it's a little bit more of a, uh, a varied lineup here uh, across uh, kind of different schools. Uh, it's a Big Twelve schools return to it, so Tech was invited back to it. They'll also have Kansas State and Oklahoma out there as well. Uh, but then they have they'll be playing Michigan, Auburn, and Arizona over the weekend. So Friday night's game will be against Michigan. They'll then face Auburn on Saturday, and then they're going to face Arizona, which is a top 20 ranked team, the Arizona Wildcats, on Sunday to close it out. They'll go back home then for their home opener on Tuesday the 22nd versus Dallas Baptist. Dallas Baptist is just one of these mid-major programs that is just continues to keep knocking on the door, making regionals or super regionals like every single year. Nearly made it to Omaha last year. The Dallas Baptist team, as we previewed the other night, is a very like power hitting heavy team. There's some dudes in that lineup that this could be the year that truly it pushes them. Uh, it, if the uh, if the work on the mound holds up their end of the bargain, uh, that that could very well push them uh, over the hump and get them to their first ever Omaha appearance. We've got three game series versus Kent State to close out the. Uh, uh, the end of February, uh, Kent State was in a regional attack a few years ago. They're one of those solid mid-major programs. That's so like they're either in contention to win their conference or be in um, or be in a regional nearly every single year. Got a game at Dallas Baptist on Tuesday, March first. I've taken off work for that afternoon to go see that game. So I'm go, really man. I'm like live like 20 minutes from Dallas Baptist campus. So it's just an easy drive for me over there. Uh, Merrimack, which is a small <laughs> little school up in uh, up in Massachusetts, I believe they've got a four game series uh, beginning of uh, March. They go on the road to Biloxi, Mississippi, to take on the defending champs, uh, defending mm. champs, Mississippi mm-hmm. State Bulldogs. Yeah, they've had a really good history against Mississippi State this year in tech sports, and you know I'm good. Yeah. I imagine 
I'm going to call it right now that history is going to continue and we're going to sweep these guys. There Ooh, you go. Love it. Yeah. You know, and Biloxi, that is at the very southern tip of Mississippi. And they're going to be playing that at the double A uh, stadium, the double A Biloxi Shuckers. And yep. MGM that- Park. Oh yeah, that place is going to be rocking. I mean, they might be the defending champs, but uh, you know, the Red Raiders are going to come in and they're going to show who's boss. Mm-hmm. They've got a three-game series at Rice in the middle uh-huh. of uh, of March. I'm probably going to make the drive down to Houston for that Sunday game go. to close it out Thanks, and uh, go there. And uh, yeah, Rice used to be a good college baseball program. Yeah, not they too were long ago. Yeah, I mean, they were, really they were a power. Oh, yeah, I remember them playing in Omaha against Texas. This was several years ago. They might have been like over 10 years ago, but it, it, I, I just bias here. I want to see Rice, you know, get back into the mix there because I, I don't know what the heck happened to them, <laughs> but can't count them out. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, their longtime head coach, Wayne Graham, retired a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and they're, they're just very it. much kind of looking to build a new culture and new kind of a new era of rice baseball down there so yeah i'm looking forward to making the trip down for that game for sure got a two-week series uh two-game series uh midweek versus new mexico the middle of march mm-hmm. as well uh new mexico is always just kind of one of those solid teams to have on the schedule that always just seems to be one of those teams that like turns into like these ridiculously high scoring shootout kind of games um there and but you know, if you can win these games they're good rpi games for building your strength of schedule come tournament time hmm. uh they'll have a three game series at iowa at iowa yeah. hawkeyes in iowa C- iowa city uh later on in in march have a midweek game versus cal baptist cal baptist actually won their conference last year uh but it was their mm. first year in transition to division one so they were not eligible for the ncaa tournament but i mean state of california is just one of those great baseball <laughs> states. I mean, there's a lot of those other mid-major programs around the Los Angeles area there. Cal State Fullerton, UC Irvine, Long Beach State, just to name a few. Uh, obviously, UCLA and USC both have pretty extensive histories in baseball. San Diego State as well. Southern California, State of California in general is a baseball powerhouse. I imagine Cal Baptist is going to be bringing another solid team to Lubbock when they visit. I mean, it's March perfect 22nd. weather there at all times. I mean, you, you could get out there to the diamond anytime you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why exactly. That's why like California and then Southern schools like historically have such good college baseball programs is because you, it's truly a place where you can play baseball year round. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's, uh, it, it's a good environment for sure. And they, they have the advantages that way. And then Big March, 12 20, March 25th, 26th, and 27th, the Red Raiders will host the, as of right now, number one in the country, Texas Longhorns, who just bring an yeah. absolutely stacked team to start this season uh, to Lubbock to open up Big 12 play. Uh, then after that series, they'll have a couple of games versus Stephen F. Austin midweek. Those should definitely help and be able to continue to add more wins to the win total for this team. They'll play at Kansas up in Lawrence uh, for a three-game series at the beginning of April at Grand Canyon for a mid, couple of midweek games right after that. They'll host Kansas State then. Kansas State had a pretty solid team last year as they've mm-hmm. been rebuilding under Pete Hughes um, that nearly uh, nearly won the entire Big 12 tournament and would have gotten them 
uh, would have gotten them into the NCAA tournament had they done that. And they got they that heartbreaker upset over us. I remember being so mad about that. They they won our series when they absolutely shouldn't have happened. I was, I was quite upset about yeah, that. Yeah, no, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll have, uh, they've got the, uh, they've got the game versus Oklahoma again at Hodgetown where the Saw yeah. Poodles play up in Amarillo on That's Tuesday, dope. April 12th. They'll then play at TCU the next weekend for a three game series. Uh, it's, uh, it's Easter weekend. They're out in Fort Worth. Uh, I mean, once again, it's Lubbock East for just about anything versus TCU. So uh, there's mm-hmm. going to be a whole bunch of red and black. Um, uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, black out there at Lupton Stadium. Uh, and then two-game series at New Mexico, this time Allen Albuquerque on the 18th and 19th of April. Three-game series against West Virginia, weekend of the 22nd through 24th uh, in Lubbock. Midweek game versus Abilene Christian in Lubbock on the Tuesday the 26th. They'll be at Baylor 29th through the 1st, going to that first uh, very beginning of May. Midweek game then at Abilene Christian in Abilene on that Tuesday. The third three-game series at Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. uh, May the 13th, 14th, and 15th, that Friday through Sunday. This will be Tech's first-ever game, uh, first-ever series at uh, at O'Brate Stadium, I believe is what it's called. It's their brand-new stadium out there wow. that Oklahoma State has. Mm-hmm. This is just like... I've seen pictures of it. I'm looking at making a trip out there for it. It's just yeah, a top dude. of the line stadium. Looks like a minor league park out there. Like it's got yeah. the, the wraparound seats going out into the outfield there. Uh, it's just a beautiful stadium. And I'm really looking forward to being able to catch a game out there uh, against that program. And then yeah. closing it out at home on Thursday, Friday and Saturday, May 19th through the 21st against the Oklahoma Sooners. And after that will be the Big 12 Championship and uh, heading into the regional Super Regionals and ultimately culminating in the College World Series. So, fellas, I just there's any any games in there that's like any series, individual games, midweeks, whatever it is that stands out to you on this year's schedule. I mean, we, you know, like Tim Tadlock absolutely uh, throws together a crazy schedule every single year. Mm-hmm. I, I'm. I'm still waiting for tech ba- tech basketball to take the same sort of approach and stop like <laughs> scheduling little sisters of the poor university too. Yeah. Uh, like for, uh, for like most of our, uh, most of our non-conference games here. But like, I think like Tim Tadlock is the just like fearless, like, Hey, I want to expand the tech brand from coast to coast, take the opportunity to play, play tough teams uh, go up against the best of the best within the sport of college baseball here. Uh, and this year is no different. I mean, that's just like, I, I absolutely defend this here because there's a lot less to lose with losing to really good teams as opposed to losing the bad teams mm-hmm. or winning against bad teams. So, I mean, it's just like this, it's a win-win either way in terms of when you look at what college baseball, like how it's built, like, with other college sports where you're forming a tournament feel when you're looking at RPI strength of schedule, uh, those sort of metrics like that. So a lot of good games in here and just want to get y'all's thoughts on it. Yeah. I mean, first off opening up with three really strong opponents in Michigan, Auburn and Arizona, it only does your team good. I mean, we saw us go zero and three last season in that same, uh, you know, opening week tournament. And, uh, you know, we ended up going to a super regional. So, uh, it's there's stuff that you learn about those teams uh, when playing against that strong of opponents early in the year that you know can't really you don't you don't really learn going up against you know cupcakes. 
Um, and so I, I think we do have a really strong non-conference playing teams like Dallas Baptist and even Cal Baptist and Iowa and those types of teams. Mississippi State. Yeah, Mississippi State. I mean, it's just it's great for the program. It's great for the team. They're going to learn so much about where we are, what we need to improve on. Uh, I credit to Tim Tadlock and, and the staff for getting these opponents uh, you know, scheduled and, and getting us ready for, you know, the the grind that is the big 12 season. Yeah. I mean, Steve, Steven nailed it. And, and I, I like that we really set ourselves up to say that, you know, we're not playing around. We're here to run with the best of them. You know, I, I always like to say, you know, it's, it's a repeated sentiment that Dex Tech takes a backseat to nobody. And that sentiment should really be felt in baseball with the new Shout power. out Kirby Hokite. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Man, man, Kirby Hokite, like he's, he's another stuff. one of those kind of like, you know, he's, He's not from West Texas. I mean, he's he's a Kansas State guy, but I mean, he's mm-hmm. very much he is he has made West Texas his home out here. But he's a yeah. Middle America, just kind of like like no holds back kind of guy. Like to to like he he that that press conference recently of like yeah, I was like yeah, Texas Tech takes a backseat to absolutely yeah. nobody. I'm just like, where's the nearest brick wall? I'm ready to run through right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there there's been plenty of stretches where Texas Tech fans have have wanted no part of Kirby Hoka, and it's just. It's just wrong. That dude's a leader through and through when it comes to, you know, how he handled the whole Chris Beard situation to how he's kept Tim Tadlock here when I'm sure plenty of other (laughs) programs have come calling. And uh, he's, he's a great AD and I love him. Speaking of programs trying to call him over, I mean, well, look, we can't talk about the schedule without talking about the Big 12 opener. It's it's UT, yeah. the number one team in the whole country, and they obviously they have stamped in thoughts that they're going to win the Big 12, and I know we do too. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where the rubber meets the road. It, it, whoever wins this series makes a huge statement to the rest of the conference because we're really propping ourselves up as the top three teams. It's like us, UT, and Oklahoma State, and maybe TCU mixed in there if they can recover from the loss of their coach. Um, but it, this is where it all begins, and I think you set the tone from the season. I'm not saying if you lose that series, it's over but man is does that just really uh get things going and hopefully in the right direction in our sense i'm so glad it's a damn law but i mean that's that's where all eyes have to go first right besides the mississippi state game out of conference mm-hmm. yeah that's going to be a crucial um series right there and to, just like you said there trav you know i am glad that we have it in in lubbock on our home turf but you know coming up towards the rear oklahoma state mm-hmm. i mean they, they have their brand new stadium these guys are going to be scary uh when travis and i did our uh omaha eight we both picked oklahoma state to make oklahoma, uh omaha because the this team is for real so we got early march you got texas and then oklahoma state they have all the momentum in the world and they're scary so uh i know trav picked texas to make omaha i did not but you cannot overlook texas they are a formidable program they have so many you know world series or college world series championships but it's yeah those are the two weekend series that i'm going to be looking at it's texas and oklahoma state those are going to be huge battle of the titans right there Mm mm-hmm yeah, no doubt. And, and I don't know about you guys, but I like getting Texas early. I, I always like getting Texas yeah, early. Yeah, what, yeah. What, whatever sport we're playing, I want to play them early on in the schedule versus a little later. But uh, yeah, and having it Dan Law, I mean, that's just your opening up conference play. We're going to have a packed crowd there. It's going to be it's going to be insane. 
Oh yeah, baby. They ne- they gotta do what they did at the USA. They gotta. Mm-hmm. You know, I need sell to see. T- I need to see tents lining along. The yes. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> we'll get we'll get the- Ric Flair for uh, for this game <laughs> yeah, too. <laughs> dude. But it's like, dude, guys, Chris Beard's not. He, he's not a he's not a baseball coach, guys. What are you doing? They're like, okay. we don't care. We don't Boo. care. Horns down. <laughs> Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to make the trip out there. I want to do it. Mm. I want to do it. That would yeah, be a good I one might, to go for. Uh, I might have to join you for that. Yeah, we might have to get yeah, make the uh, yeah drive down there on a Friday night and uh, just say yeah, screw I it. Think, I think the Stars are playing. Maybe that's I'm a Dallas Stars t- season ticket holder. So hey, go I, hockey, uh, man. They, yeah, so, uh, but the Stars are but the Stars are woefully underperforming. Your right alma mater now, so needs. I'm thinking I may guys. have to. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that's a good enough excuse. I'm, yeah, I think I'm probably, <laughs> I'm put, yeah, I might have to join you. We might have to make that road trip, Bears. Yeah, head out there on a Friday night, just catch a hotel overnight, get out there for the game on Saturday, and there then, you uh, go. then come back afterwards. Because uh, even though it. the Stars will be playing that Saturday night, so yeah, I think I, I'm for sure looking at that. Uh, yeah, it's it's official. We can't turn back now. <laughs> yeah, no I'm doubt. purchasing. If, uh, uh, if yeah. If those couple of Mississippi State games weren't in the middle of the week, I'd be all for it. I'm only a two-hour drive from Biloxi, and so it would have been a, a nice one to go to. But Tuesday and Wednesday makes it a little tough. Oh, bummer, dude. To Baton Rouge. Uh, that makes sense because it's yep. so far south. Yep, yep. Man, oh, man. So, I mean, it, it, it it's a good schedule. It didn't take that long to go through the whole schedule. It goes by really quick. I mean – Opening weekend, I mean, gosh, it's like uh, mid-February all the way, and we're going to blink, and then it's going to be Memorial Day weekend, which is, that is the Big 12 championship, and hopefully we make it, and hopefully we win. Uh, mm-hmm. The Big 12 championship is going to be played at Globe Life Field. Um, so, Trav, we have the opening series on our turf, and then we have the Big 12 championship on our turf. So, there, there's no excuse there. I know you're going to go to several games, but yeah, <laughs> I need yeah. Just... I think I should be in town for that. I'll probably, mm-hmm. I'll have a little bit of PTO time to burn, um, be able to go. make it out there. Uh, a luxury. For it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so guys, we let's end this thing off. Uh, Tristan, what are your predictions? I, Cause if I could just interject real quick, I'm going to run down, okay, run down what the, uh, what the, preseason poll was for the big 12 oh, okay, cool, before yeah. we get into projections mm-hmm. sure um so yeah the preseason poll was texas came in at number one they received eight first place votes oklahoma state came in at number two they received one first place vote uh then it was tc uh, tech three tcu four baylor five oklahoma six kansas state seven west virginia eight and then kansas nine so um yeah tech Tech and TCU expected to be like in the mix there uh, mm-hmm. for this yep. year, but I think like the general look at kind of the consensus is Texas and Oklahoma State just returned so many well-rounded pieces between yeah. their bullpen, their 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 mound, their lineup, like everything that those those are the teams to beat this year in the conference and to look to make the the best chance to make the run to Omaha this year. Yeah, you know, it's very top-heavy there, but ultimately, what is going to happen, Tristan, go on the record, have, what, what is Tech going to do this season? Look, y'all, y'all, all right, you, you, come, you bring me <laughs> off for a Texas Tech episode. I'm going to just lay in some unfeathered homerism. We're winning the Big 12, fellas, not the tournament, yeah. the season, where it really matters, okay? 
And then we are going to Omaha. All right. That's what's happening. That we're due for it. It's been a while, but it's it's time. Dude, I love it. I love it, man. And so I mean are you gonna go? Are you gonna one up it, Tristan? Yes, you know what? Let's, let's screw it. We're winning it all, fellas. <laughs> here on 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 the No Doubter podcast, we are winning everything. Everyone, I love that's, it. That's the Chilton. That's the Chilton talking, guys. That's it. That's definitely the Chilton talking. Through my my blood system now. <laughs> oh man. We're laughing now, but you'll have the last laugh when we're hosting oh, yes. the trophy. Exactly. You know, I, I, I want to agree with my co-host, Tristan. I, I do. I, I think Texas Tech is going to have a good year. I think, uh, you know, there's there's no reason to think otherwise. I think the, the schedule is actually pretty favorable when it comes to the Big 12 play. Having Texas at home, uh, you know, TCU, I'm not too afraid of going on the road there. Uh, Oklahoma State is going to be a tough one, but what we what we can't do is drop series like we did last year against Baylor, uh, do that kind of stuff again. Uh-huh. If we really want to, you know, look look at a chance at a super regional and 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 at Omaha a little later, um, you know, it's hard not to pick Texas. I'm not going to do that here because I, I'll never pick Texas in anything. But uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I think I think Tech finishes in the one to three range for sure um, in terms of you know Big Twelve. I think. We're too good. We have too good of a coaching staff. We have uh, too talented of a roster to not. There you go. And so, Stephen, are we going to make a regional, super regional Omaha? I, I'm going to go Omaha. I'm going to go Omaha. Yeah. There you go. Hey, yeah. You, get, you get hot at the right time, dude. You can do you know whatever you want uh, over here at <laughs> Texas Tech. And so, yeah, I'll say we go to Omaha. Uh, not sure this is this is the year exactly, but uh, <laughs> but I do I do believe in Coach Tad like to take us there. It just All speaks right, so- volumes to what the what Tim Tadlock has brought to Lubbock. We're not making Omaha is a disappointment now. You know, like it's yep. it's not just a hope. It's it's almost a disappointment. So I know. I, yeah. Man, he, yeah, I mean, he, and it is I mean, so he, insanely hard to go to Omaha on a regular yeah. basis. Yeah. Like you look at a lot of the elite programs in college baseball, they're making way more year after year regional and super regional appearances with, with Omaha sprinkled in there. It is really, really difficult for mm-hmm. like for that to be an every single year type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, Tim Tadlock's record speaks for itself in terms of the entire body of work. Like one more than two thirds of his games as head coach, more than 60% of all big 12 games only had one losing season. His first back in 2013, like the, like there's, we're going to see very good baseball, like like objectively very good baseball within like the context of like how hard it is to be a consistently good college baseball team and, and be competitive with it. So the Tim Talos going to have us right there, absolutely. And I think yeah, my prediction, uh, yeah, I see, I see like them finishing either second or third. I think it's interchangeable with Oklahoma State, um, just in terms of like you know how you're going to see this team develop and ultimately be in the right place at the right time. But I see this as another super regional year again. I think they just it's going to be when we look at like what tech is going to be working with just in terms of a bunch of new faces. And ultimately when you're, when it comes down to the regionals and super regionals that you have teams that get those upsets and they get hot at the right time uh, is that it's just, you're going to see and what we're seeing just with the, the fluctuation between what the pull was and the end of last season, what it's looking like here, um, uh, here in the top 25 to begin the year. That yeah, I think it's just like there's going to be a little bit of unexpected that comes through, and uh, I think yeah, this is this will be another super regional year. But then look at the 2023 
Texas Tech Red Raiders squad as being just like that stacked and loaded squad that really is ready uh, to make a run for the national championship. There you go. And, you know, they're just going to keep getting more refined, more better things to come. So, Steven, they're going to make it to Omaha. Are, are you going to hop on the bandwagon? Are they going to win it all? You know what? Yeah, I, I've had a few. We're we're having a good time here. I'm going to say, yeah. Let's, let's, just, let's just say this is the year. Let's just do it, you know? Uh, <laughs> Why not? Tim, Tim Tadlock's brought this team to the College World Series three in the last five years. I mean, it that's, that's as impressive as anything. Uh, you know, and then the other years it was a super regional out and then a, a regional out that we hosted. So, uh, you know, I, I believe in this team. I believe in this coach. I've said it time and time again through this podcast. And uh, I think we're going to go far and, and it's going to be fun as heck uh, rooting on and watching this team this year. Oh, man, gosh, you guys are very, you know, um, generous, <laughs> generous, positive, uh, a little stupid, but you know, that's, it's what we do. It's what we do here. It is what we do. I will say when y'all did your preseason football predictions and you were saying that our Texas Tech football team was going to win eight games. I was like, we were one off. I was like, what are y'all smoking over there? <laughs> we just believed it. I don't know what it was. We oh, took, took firing a coach midway uh, through the year. And, all, uh, all it took was to, Sonny Gumby and Jonathan Garibay to come through. But uh, we almost did it. How how far was that? Walk 62. Six, 62 yarders. Two. That's stupid. It's stupid. It was unbelievable. Uh, it was, overall, it was a fun football season, I think, looking oh, back yeah. at it. I mean, it was sure. it was better than what a lot of people thought, but uh, yeah, we 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 like to be optimistic here. <laughs> yeah, I got to hey. uh, I got to go out to Memphis for uh, for the bowl game. That was were you time. really? Oh, that's awesome, yeah. dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. God, Tristan picked Tech to win all the way. <laughs> Steven picked Tech to win all the way. Trav tries to be reasonable, tries to be the adult in the room. It says <laughs> that they're that they're not going to make it. Trav's ultimate pick is Arkansas. Pick Suey okay. to win the whole thing. Uh, my official prediction is that Texas will make Omaha, so that's three for four. You know, We can't all be you know drinking the Kool-Aid. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I I pick Stanford to win the whole thing. Although that's not going, that's not saying a lot. I think Travis's Arkansas pick to win the whole thing is probably more. It's a safer pick because they're you know again they're ranked number two and they're just so dang good and it's so stacked. It's just uh, I mean they're going to be a contender there. So, but yeah, uh, and really the Omaha pick. The more I look at this team, I mean, you never know. You yeah. really really never know. Uh, they can surprise all of us. And it, it just like Steven said, sometimes it's just about getting hot and just having the hot bat. Yeah. <laughs> that was Stanford last year. It's like a yep. very, very freshman heavy team. And they yeah. just got hot. Like they, they had some tough times going through, through conference play in the PAC 12, but then get hot in their, uh, in their regional, they host on Palo Alto, come on the road to Lubbock. And they just like, were absolutely commanding at the plate. And that uh, uh, took him to <laughs> Omaha for the first time in a number of years. So Tech could very well be in that position as well. Yeah, we might have to go on the road for the Super Regional or even the Regional and the Super Regional to yeah. do it. It might be that kind of year. But, I mean, Tyloc has had a history of doing that too. So uh, it's uh, – yeah, there's all – never count anything out. Uh, it's going to be a fun season regardless. It no will – because it's baseball. Uh, you know, here on the No Doubter podcast, we have no doubt that it's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
I told y'all I was going to do it. That's cheers to that. Cheers to that. That's a great way to put it. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, uh, baseball, <laughs> baseball, I have so much more enjoyed baseball when I got to Texas Tech. This is like, I wasn't a huge baseball fan, high school, growing up, all that kind of stuff. But once I got to Texas Tech, once I went to a few games, it's just a different appreciation for the sport. And it also helps that your team's pretty good. So, yeah. Oh, it certainly helps. Baseball can be fun, guys. You yep. know, my college level, minor league level, it is inherently more fun. And then you can just go from there. I know MLB's being stupid with the lockout, but baseball will start as of this recording. When it releases, it'll start tomorrow on the 19th. Be there. Get an ESPN Plus subscription. Uh, the 18th, I stand corrected, even sooner. Get an ESPN <laughs> Plus subscription so you can watch your Red Raiders. Uh, listen to on the radio if you have to. It's happening. Uh, Tristan, Steven, this was many months in the making, and it was yes. so awesome. It was. Thank it was. you so much. Oh, guys, we had a great time. Seriously, I love y'all's podcast. I love how passionate both of you guys are. Obviously, super knowledgeable about baseball, and uh, you know, me and Tristan are just – we're honored to have to be here on the No Doubter podcast. Absolutely, Man, you all may have to return the favor later. For sure. Yeah, no, dude. If you can, uh, if if the friendly folks at Guns Up Nation will let a couple of schlubs like ourselves <laughs> be. Uh, <laughs> Be uh, <laughs> be on it, man, and uh, like let get us signed up. It's uh, we're, we're ready. <laughs> Absolutely, come baseball season, y'all have a spot. There yeah, you yeah, go, no, like, baby. I'm thinking maybe uh, rise. We're heading to that uh, that the UT series, which we've gone through yeah. conference play. That yeah. be, uh, I'll take a look at our schedule, go on and get things like uh, worked around in there with that. Get a spot down for it, and we'll uh, we will hop on and chat with you guys. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and preview what's to come. Yeah, review what happened in non-conference and what's to come with, with Big 12 play. Absolutely. There you go, baby. Well, um, you know, Steven, Tristan, go ahead. Tell our audience where they can find y'all social medias, where they can find your podcasts. You know, go ahead and plug yourselves. I'll, I'll do the plugs. I usually do it on our podcast to end it. Uh, you can follow you can follow me and Tristan on Twitter. Tristan's at Tristy Mick. I don't really use my personal account. Go follow the podcast Twitter account. I run it. So uh, that's where I'm on Twitter. It's, it's going to be at Talking Tech Pod. Um, you know, I, I follow Guns Up Nation for all of your Texas Tech needs. Uh, they have great articles, great uh, merchandise, all that kind of cool stuff over there at Guns Up Nation. Uh, follow the Ramblin' Raiders, too. They're part of the podcast network. Got to give them a shout out. They're a great podcast as well. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's going to do it here. Tristan, I don't know if you had any more. but No, just thanks again to the No Doubters, man. I love y'all stuff. Can't wait to hear this one. There you go. It's coming out on uh, – it- you know, as of this recording, it'll be coming out on the Thursday, the 17th. So, right you know, that it, uh, our listeners are listening to it, and that is today. So, um, <laughs> exactly. You guys are awesome. We're definitely going to be doing this again. Uh, this will not be the, the only time we cross paths. But, yeah, Talking Tech, as for our listeners, if you're a Red Raider fan especially, just subscribe to their podcast. I uh, serve y'all are available on Apple Podcasts. Everywhere. Spotify, Everywhere. Yeah. You can get them. Stitcher, Google Pods, if you're kind of a hipster. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, Spotify, Spotify, Apple Pods, anything, yeah. we're there. 
There you go. They are there. So uh, no doubt or nation, subscribe to their podcast if you're a Red Raider fan, especially. And even if not, they, these guys are a good time. So uh, yeah, trust me. But as for all of y'all who have joined, thank y'all so much. And go ahead and subscribe to our podcast too so you don't miss out on future episodes. Uh, miss out when these guys come on again. Leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at no doubt or pod. You can follow me at boomboss21 on Twitter. Travis at Travis Sloffy on Twitter. If you like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon, $2 a month, $5 a month. Yeah, I mean, it really helps us out. So it's not free to put on a podcast, but you get perks along the way. Uh, you get discounts on merch. You get an opportunity to get interviewed on No Doubt or tell your baseball story. And we got all the merch, guys. It's all in the links in the description below. We have baseball shirts. I mean, come on, guys, for a baseball podcast. We got T-shirts, mugs, onesies, hoodies, phone cases, you know, banners for crying out loud. Anything you could ever want, you can rock out our gear. I believe all the, the onesies are just for children. We don't have any adult Oh, onesies. come on. <laughs> come on, man. Oh. Oh, you're going to have to get some adult size for Tristan. I could squeeze it. Oh. Dude, that was a frat craze, I swear. <laughs> you know, Mr. Frat Guy over here, come on, tell me you were an SAE or something like that, Tristan, right? No, 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 just, just, but something just is out there, lacrosse, you know, that just is hotty toddy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, baby. You know, living it up large. You know, all the links are in the description below. And then, Travis. I'm going to turn the mic over to you. Close us out in the way we always do it. Friends, always bat 400 and swing for the fences. We love you all. We'll see you all next time. Take care. Boom. This episode of No Data was produced by Eric Bostick and Travis Laughlin and edited by Travis Bostick. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Silver. 